Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Nerd Talk. Mike and I are chomping at the bits to talk about one of our favorite series, The Dark Knight. And we've already hit The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises, and we felt like we needed to definitely hit Batman Begins. So, Micah, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, we did an episode a while back on Ant-Man, the first Ant-Man movie, and I had mentioned that that first Ant-Man film was one of the most underrated gems in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I would say that Batman Begins is one of the most underrated Batman films. Oh, absolutely. Of all time. You know, because I, like you think about it, the Dark Knight gets a lot of press, obviously. But, you know, it's that movie stands slaps, whatever verb you want to <laughs> attach or associate slaps. to it. It's amazing. Let, let me say this. I think that the reason that the Dark Knight does so well is because it was teed up very well because of the Batman Begins. 100 like, percent. I don't think that that film would have done as well if we didn't have some of the, the groundwork laid in the first Batman film. So I was uh, I rewatched it today because, I mean, I've watched it dozens of times, but I, I wanted to rewatch it before we recorded. But some of the groundwork that that is laid in that movie kind of just being an origin story of Batman and the backstory behind it, you know, um, Bruce Wayne wanting to to take on Gotham city and the underworld of Gotham city and just the, everything from the relationship with Lucius, which we haven't really talked about because we didn't talk about it in the dark Knight episode or the dark Knight right dark Knight rises episode, but his relationship with Lucius in Batman, Batman begins was amazing. Like the whole, um, he wanted to be a part of, you know, the Wayne corporation. And then, you know, he, wanted to, you know, be a part of the, the, the company that his father built. And then he, you know, he meets Lucius and, you know, everything from like the fabric for his cape of a suit for, you know, to the suit, to the armor, to the, you know, the, the tumbler that we get introduced to in this movie. Like there, there are so many moments that are pivotal to setting up the success of the dark Knight and the dark Knight rises in this. Well, film. and again, we've, we've talked about this in the past, but you know, it wasn't just, all the storytelling it was some of the actors as well because like you had a phenomenal cast and as you were saying lucius morgan freeman to come in and play lucius fox that was huge oh my gosh that that was phenomenal yeah and, and okay uh, i was gonna say gary oldman too like as, oh. young as he was in that movie yep and then michael kane to come mm-hmm. in and i mean michael kane is is just amazing he's he's probably my favorite alfred um just the way that he was just he was just done so well um and we, we talked about this in a, a previous dark knight series episode i can't remember which one it was but we talked about how it wasn't just writing on batman like the whole cast was like just so very supportive of it and it was like you had enough time with with commissioner gordon you had time with lucius you had time with alfred you had time with batman you had time with bruce which i know those are the same character but they're kind of two different personality types and you had your Rachel and you had um, all the all these different pieces, Scarecrow, Ra's al Ghul, like the entire lineup was just phenomenal. Yeah. And and today when I when I was doing my rewatch, it's I think it's like two hours and twenty four minutes. But for a for a you know first movie of a trilogy, like the pacing is really, really good in this film. Oh yeah. Like the so, it it flows really well. And when I watched it, I'm like, this doesn't seem like two and a half hours. Like it just flew by. Yeah. So, so real quick, what did you think of 
let let's just start with like how it was an origin story because sometimes origin stories they they slap and sometimes they just fall flat. Mm-hmm. So how how did you feel as an origin? Because I know you said this is a gym, but like serving as an origin, if you if you match this against like Iron Man or Captain America the First Avenger, you throw it against um, Guardians of the Galaxy, like just that that first outing, bringing that character to life. What were your thoughts? I thought they did a great job. Like I, um, up until this point, you know, we got, you know, we've talked about other Batman projects, but like, I don't think we got the depth of what we got with Batman Begins, with with the with this, <clears throat> excuse me, the story of of Bruce Wayne, the story of Batman, the story of him as a kid, how his parents got killed, <clears throat> like all those details. Um, you know, we got flashes in the pan in like the George Clooney version and we got flashes in the pan and the Valcoma version and even the Michael Keaton, which is so, you know, famous, but I think he's more famous for being Batman and, you know, being the, the established Batman versus Batman begins where they have like this beautiful story of like, okay, um, he's kind of getting, you know, he, he goes overseas obviously. And he, he puts himself in prison on purpose and he wants to see what the underworld is like. And, you know, he meets Ra's al Ghul. However, like the flashbacks between him being a kid and him being an adult and then the relationship with his parents and then, you know, his parents getting murdered. And then, you know, when he goes back to Gotham and, you know, once he's learned, like it's, it's just a really cool story about how he learns to fight, how he learns to, to hone his craft, how he, um, you know, does everything. Like he, he truly learns the art of being the knight, and um, I thought the pairing with Liam Neeson was great. Um, I thought that the I, one of my favorite scenes, which I forgot about, was when um, when Christian Bale or or Bruce burns down the the training facility, and yep. uh, he's sliding down that icy hill, and like he literally grabs you know liam neeson <laughs> and he flexes his arm and he pulls him back over like he's he's literally gonna fall on his dead weight because he's unconscious like yeah. it's you know that was that was super cool and then you know just just how he brought bruce along to 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 deal with some of the the emotional trauma of losing his parents the way he did and you know i i just think it was great because they had never told that story before up until that point what were your thoughts yeah. So it's actually really cool. In 2006, we were living in Eaton, and my parents, I don't know if we were out there for a retirement party or whatever, but we moved or we flew out or drove out to go see my grandparents in Wichita, Kansas. And my dad was like, Hey, do you guys want to go see Batman tonight? I was like, Heck yeah, I do. Like, we haven't seen it yet. Like, I'm really excited about this. And he's like, We're going to, we're going to introduce you guys to the drive in. And we'd never been to a drive-in before, and we didn't know what that was. And and my dad was just like, you're going to love this. And so the first film that I got to see was Batman Begins at the drive-in. And then, like, I have been to drive-in so many summers. I've worked at a drive-in. It just one of my favorites uh, out Melody 49 off of, uh, well, 49 um, in the, the Inglewood area in Ohio. Uh, but I just – I have such good memories of this film, and I think that for – the way that they did this um, from Ra's al Ghul kind of being that upfront friend behind the scenes villain 
Um, I loved the way that they did that. That's kind of what I hope they will do um, with like Lex Luthor and the the new Superman movie that that was announced, um, the Superman Legacy. And I think that that character it gets overshadowed very quickly by the other two being the Joker and uh, Bane and even Scarecrow to some degree. Uh, but I think that that Razal Ghul was such a beautifully done character, and and then like as you said, to have Bruce Wayne and his his true origins be shown, like that was huge. Because I don't I don't remember them ever doing anything like that with the Adam West series. They didn't do anything like that really with with Michael Keaton too much, not on that level at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything else was like continuations of that same story. So, I mean, it was a little different, but I think that Batman Begins was just this beautifully well-told story, and I loved that there's this moment where he has to make the decision, do I kill my parents' murderer, or do I do I not? And then as he's going to, the guy's shot, and he's like, I almost shot him. And Rachel, like, punches him. She and, slaps uh, him in the face. Yeah, that's what it was. She slaps him, and I'm just like, she kind of helps instill this whole no guns thing. And I, I'm like, that's, I love that, that he learned some of those lessons along the way. Do you think it was because for the first time in a, in a Batman film that we got more of Bruce Wayne than Batman? Oh, absolutely. And I think, I think, and that's what made it so successful in my opinion. I think it's, you know, it played I a huge, think, huge part in that. I think when Marvel started pushing out movies in the two thousands, I think, that was when we started to see the alter egos of characters because you had Spider-Man having his his Spider-Man and then his Peter Parker. And there was such a well-told story there um, because you have characters like Blade who are like, that's your character the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Batman and Superman who were kind of like a little bit of their civilian life, mostly superhero on screen. And to see that he had to balance that, I think that they did some really well-told story story building and, and world building abilities there. And I think that's kind of what has helped even Marvel do what they're doing because they learned from Spider-Man and Batman and all these different characters of how to do the alter ego and, and like, Hey, I've got my personal stuff, but I've also got my superhero stuff. And I think I noticed that today when I did a rewatch of it before we recorded, but just the idea of, you know, some of those scenes, you know, as he's going back to, um, when he goes back to Gotham, like when he goes, um, you know, a couple of them that come to mind. One is he, uh, you know, Alfred tells him to go make more appearances and be more social. And so he goes into the hotel with these models and he goes swimming in the fountain and then he buys the hotel and he writes a check for the hotel. He's like, you don't understand I'm buying this hotel. Like, and he's super arrogant about it, which is amazing. That's so, that's such a Bruce Wayne thing to do. And then, um, one of the other things was one of my favorite lines in the movie is when, uh, they're having the board of trustees meeting in Wayne Enterprises and he, he goes to see Mr. Earl and he's playing golf with the secretary in the hallway. And Bruce, I thought you were supposed to be dead. He was like, it's Wayne, it's Wayne Enterprises. I think they'll call back. Like, he like gets really like snarky with him, and he's like, "I thought you were supposed to be dead." Sorry to disappoint. Like, th- yeah, I was gonna say, doesn't he say, you know, "Sorry to disappoint"? Yeah, like, but like, he was like, "Jessica, you're supposed to be answering the phone." He was like, 
Uh, it's Wayne Enterprises. I think he'll call back. <laughs> but like the shock on his face when he realizes he wasn't dead. And then, um, you know, uh, when he's on the plane going back to the States with Alfred and he was like, you know, you've been gone for seven years. <laughs> he's like, I, I thought you were, you know, you declared me dead. He was like, yeah, you've been gone for seven years. And he was talking about how the company had went public and stuff. But like, um, you know, the little, little conversations he has with Lucius and, you know, just, you know, not even the dark side of it, but just the charismatic person who Bruce Wayne is, the billionaire that Bruce Wayne is. Like he, he really lived it up in, in this movie. And it usually, you know, we didn't get that a lot in other films. It was more dominated by who the Batman character was. And know. when you saw Bruce, that was when you saw some love interest. That was the only time you really saw, because like there was the reporter with the Michael Keaton um, film. Like there, there were very few instances where it was like truly a Bruce Wayne story, um, which I think I think they handled it so well. Um, yeah, Christopher Nolan just crushed it. Um, well, and another another thing too, like we talked about it in the Dark Knight episode that we did, but the and Dark Knight Rises for that matter. But Hans Zimmer did this film score as well with with uh, yeah. with with another guy he partnered with. Uh, to write this film score and like you talk about some of those early seeds like he in this if you if you listen just to the film scores of like okay Hans Zimmer started doing some of those little sequences those little themes and like they're not finished and if you pay attention and Batman begins and then you get to the Dark Knight and then the Dark Knight Rises and I'm, I'm and I'm being such a nerd when I when I'm sharing this right now but like it's literally talk keep talking well buddy. well it's literally like it sounds like it's not resolved like Hans Zimmer probably had it wrote at that point but like the way he recorded it for um for Batman Begins like it just sounds like it's like the beginning of something right it's the beginning of this Batman trilogy it's the beginning of these Batman films and it's like it's only the beginning of like that theme and so he gets really uh, creative with writing and so like he there's a documentary of Hans Zimmer talking about doing the music for these films but he he talks about having four French horns in a big cathedral and they're like in separate parts of the room and he does yeah. that that minor third the like he like literally just uh, he's so good but he you know he sets up what's going to happen in the dark night and then when the dark night rises but like it's just you know it says little things right and and you know, I talked about it earlier, but like, you know, the way that he he builds a suit, the way that he learns about the the fiber that goes into his cape so that he can fly, the you know, the knowing that his suit can handle a shot, but not a straight shot, right? Like he talks to, to Lucius about that. He talks um about he gave ordering the science behind it. Like yes. that that's one of those cool pieces he that... uncovers the bat cave. And goes through that whole process. Like there's there's so many like little things in this movie that like are just magical to me. Well, and and it was when you said the uncovers, I think what's really cool is not only does he like discover it, but he starts to build it. And it feels like every time that we go back to it, like there's a little bit more. There's a little bit more. And they're like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and add this piece in. And then by the time you get to Dark Knight Rises, it's like, oh hey, like there's a whole pad that literally comes out of the water. And like we walk up onto it and then the, the bat shoots out of a certain spot and it's like, oh. And I also would be totally remiss if I didn't say this, but my favorite line in that entire movie is when Alfred looks at, at Bruce and he's like, why bats, Mr. Wayne? He's like, well, I want, 
they he's like bats frighten me alfred i want enemies to share my dread and then he just chucks the little metal bat at the wall and it sticks in the wall that's so powerful because he's like i'm afraid they should be afraid too yeah <laughs> i don't know what your well, favorite line in the, is in that movie but that's one of my favorites that i i would say that's probably up there for me um it's been a little bit of time since i've watched this film so i can't say that i have a specific line but i know that that was one of my favorite scenes um and when <laughs> when he douses scarecrow in the fear gas and he's like fear me and like I'm like this is it was great. I loved that. Oh, and when he when he um when he gives the coat or he sells his coat to the homeless man. Yeah. And or he he gives his coat to the homeless man and he throws all the money in the trap the burning uh can and he was like um no, he buys the jacket. He buys the homeless jacket. The homeless guy's jacket from him and gives him his and he was like he's like um uh for what he's like for the jacket and he was like this is a nice coat and then uh later on when he goes to get uh falcone and he flies down he looks at him and he goes nice coat. nice coat and it's like yeah it's you know i as we're talking about it now jordan i think i'm i'm, I'm more in love with the idea of the the behind the scenes stuff the behind the, you know the stuff that the small stuff i think yeah. this I think the Bruce Wayne story outweighs the Batman story in this movie. Like the Batman stuff was good and we haven't really talked much about it. However, I think the Bruce Wayne stuff is really, really good in this film. Well, it's, it gave us insight to who is, who are, who is this man becoming? Who is like, why does he do what he does? What's like, who is this character? Who are we going to fall in love with over the next X amount of films? And, and, and like, what is this guy's story? How do we, see him like is is he going to be a broken little boy running around as a man in a bat suit is he going to be traumatized and have ptsd is he going to uh be very well equipped like they could have gone a million different directions well one of the things i appreciated when i did the rewatch today was that in this film too even as batman they made him vulnerable because there was at one point where he got hurt and he made alfred come and get him like yeah do you, do you remember that part? Like it, it just, yeah. it, it solidified that he was still learning his craft and learning who he was as a superhero. Cause that's when Alfred goes in and says something about the, why do we fall? Mr. Wayne pick ourselves back up to pick yeah. ourselves back up, which that line alone was huge. I, I absolutely love that. And honestly, I'm now thinking about using all these different spots to start writing devotionals for my youth ministry. <laughs> Cause I just think these would be great. Not that the, um, Bat, not that Batman's Marvel, but I've always wanted to do a sermon series on the Infinity Saga, like the, the Infinity Stones. Yeah, you could do a six week series on on the different stones and relate them to Bible verses. That'd be sweet. Well, I guess I know what I'm doing next. I uh, get credit. Year. I need credit. I'm gonna have you help me write it. Okay, We're gonna co write it. Um, but no, I just I I think these are some really really good thoughts. Um, and I want to continue talking about it, but I know that we are on. Um, a time crunch with just making sure that we have enough time to talk about all this. Um, but but with that, let's talk about the Batman side real quick. Okay. Let's talk about what were your thoughts of the Tumblr? Like when they start introducing the bat suit and they 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 kind of talked about uh uh cave diving and and spelunking and they're like <laughs> going spelunking in space or or like the the whatever diving cave diving space diving whatever. Um, and he's like, all right, whatever. And then he's like, do you have a 
car or anything like that? And he's like, well, we've got it. We've got the tumbler. Does it come in black? Like, what were your thoughts of that? And what did you think of with the chase scene? Because um, we've talked about in the Batman, uh, that's one of our favorite chase scenes, um, like car chases. Like, what did you think of the tumbler just being introduced? And then the chase scene when he's got the cops on his tail uh, with Rachel in the car. What, what were your thoughts of, of the tumbler? Um, originally I was very leery of it, but it grew on me. Um, I think part of it was that I grew up in the, you know, I was born in the eighties, um, grew up in the nineties and you always had that comic-y Batmobile. And for the this really long car. Yep. And the, for this, this movie, it was the first time you didn't have that. It was completely different, but I think. It, it went along well with the theme about kind of the military kind of um, it Taking sets up war to the streets. It sets up what we see in the dark Knight rises again, another setup, right? Like we see a bunch of those come the dark Knight rises, but also yeah. the, the, the side of, um, you know, working with Lucius. And I love the scene where he and Lucius are driving it around together at Wayne enterprises. Like, it's just so cool to see him. He's like, does it come in black? Like it, <laughs> It's just so cool. Um, but I I guess I appreciated their effort and I appreciated it was something different. And then I appreciated even in the Dark Knight when we get to that point that, you know, it gets busted and then it turns into uh, into the bike. So um, it's multi-purpose. But like as far as the, the chase, uh, the scene, um, one of the things that I noticed today when I rewatched it was when the cop was like, will, will you at least tell me what it looks like? And then he just flies by and the cop's like, "Never mind, I saw it. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, and then when he's in the car with Rachel and he's like, Rachel, like screaming at her because she's under the influence of, of the stuff that the scarecrow gave her, um, the inoculation. So, um, it's just cool to see, um, that come to life. And they kind of revisit that in the dark night when he, uh, he's, chasing down the Joker and um, I think even again in the Dark Knight Rises maybe? No. There's another scene where he's he's chasing and kind of doing the same deal. Uh, it is the Dark Knight Rises but it's the back I know it's the bike. I'm sorry. Completely getting off a tangent here. But yeah. I enjoyed it. It was something different and um, I appreciated it because it was something different. At first I was like what is this and why are they doing it? But now that I've you know I don't want to talk, Jordan, about the fact that this movie is almost 20 years old. Yeah, it's it came out in 15 05. this year. Oh, shoot. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking of uh, The Dark Knight. Yeah, no, this holy mackerel. Yeah, that's what it was. Not 2006, it was 2005. Because mm-hmm. I thought it was 06 for whatever reason. And then I was thinking of The Dark Knight with 08. I graduated yeah, wow, high school. Almost 20. That year. 20 years almost. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, for me, I thought that the, the car chase was just really cool. Cause like he was jumping, he wasn't even like just doing a car chase, like, Hey, we're running down the interstate Thelma and Louise style. Like this is a, I'm jumping rooftop to rooftop. <laughs> and Like they've got the, the, uh, the chopper with a spotlight on him. And like, he's busting through the barricades from like one section of road to another so that way he can take an off ramp and then like cut underneath and and all like I love that. 
I loved some of the the ways that they built things. I loved the way that they they were doing character building. Um, and I feel like the the Tumblr was a character in and of itself. Um, like you hear the engine, you see the the lights come on. You're like, man, that's the Tumblr. And in that movie, I think it played such an important role. And then it spun out into the Bat Pod, into the uh, the Dark Knight, and then the Bat Pod stuck around for the third movie. And by the third movie, you see a few more tumblers running around. And I'm like, it's so cool to see the the unused military tactical stuff be repurposed by Wayne himself, so that way he could wage his war. And I just, I mean, I loved that. What did you? Uh, what did you think of Scarecrow? Um, we didn't talk about Scarecrow too, too much. They kind of used him as that villain that I, I often forget Scarecrow is the villain. Um, I think it was one of those, they tried to use him as the main villain, but he kind of got sidelined because of how great William Nielsen is. Um, and, and the, the overall rel- or revelation that, uh, that Scarecrow is not the main villain. It's actually Ra's al Ghul. Um, what, what did you think of Scarecrow and the whole, we're, we're going to have to lock down the middle, uh, Island so that the, the prisoners won't escape and like the, the bursting of all the fear gas and, and all that stuff. What did you think of him? I, I've kind of gone back and forth. Um, and, and mainly just to, just to say, you know, I, at first I, I didn't get it. I'm like, why would you go with Scare- Scarecrow? Because, you know, in most projects, Batman, you know, you, you get Joker, you get Two-Face, you get Riddler, you get um, Mr. Freeze, things like that. And so I, I think with Batman Begins, they wanted to see what they could get away with with a different kind of villain. Um, but with that said, you had, you know, Brazil Cool and and that whole thing going on. So it was, it was a little bit different. And like, he kind of played the middleman between the mob and what was going on in Gotham and Ra's al Ghul. And he, you know, did very well for, I guess what was asked of him. He's not my favorite villain by any means. And like, if I were to say, I wouldn't say that it's something bad about this film, but it's just not my favorite part of it. Do you, uh... do you, are you like just, do you feel that way too, or do you just feel completely different than I do? <laughs> so, well, no, I, I, I questioned it. Um, I was actually looking up real quick to see who the first villain, like the modern villains that we're used to, um, when, or who, who was the first one he faced, and it was actually 1941, September 1941, was Scarecrow's first appearance. Um, so I'm like, he's clearly an older villain. Um, and someone was like, oh, the Riddler. And I'm like, uh, I don't think that he even the Riddler was was the first. Because um, Batman showed up in 1939. So like Joe Chill, uh, Hugo Strange, uh, Catwoman, and Joker all showed up before Scarecrow did. Even Clayface showed up before. Um, Scarecrow was the sixth biggest villain that's still used today. And so I was like, oh, well, maybe it's because he's an older villain. Um I still think it's a little weird. I think it was probably because you could use a chemical because you're going for this realistic piece. Um, and you're, you're trying not to do like Mr. Freeze, who's going to come out with an ice gun and say, it's ice to see you. Like, 
you didn't you wanted to you're trying to cement your your idea of who this batman character is and you're you know your hero is really only ever as good as their villains but i would say that's not true here i think that batman is such a phenomenal hero in this this movie and and i don't know you could have used really whoever i don't care who the who the villain was but i don't think that scarecrow stands out like we we talk about these films and we've been talking about Ra's al Ghul more than we've said Scarecrow. Um, and I I don't know if it's kind of like one of those Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell situations because uh, the guy who played Scarecrow showed up in all three films. And Christopher Nolan directed all three films. So I don't know if like there's a friendship or uh, like a, a blood relative or whatever relationship. Um, James Gunn even has, is it his brother or his cousin or something like that. Um, he comes in and, and he's in all the Guardians films. Um, he's Craig Glenn, but he also does, uh, the, the walking around for rocket. Um, so that way they have like a, a, a spot where rocket would be. Um, so I don't know if that's why, uh, they have that actor or not, but that character, I just, I was kind of let down with that character versus, especially when you come out swinging in the next film with, with the Joker being as amazing as he was, um, well, do you think that and they I, did that on you know, purpose, we, knowing that's where they were going with that? Just to kind of have a minor villain you know, versus... You know, probably. Um, I'm surprised they didn't use the Riddler, though. Uh, I, because with with Bruce being the way that they wrote him, I think he would have done phenomenal against the Riddler. Well, I shared this but in the Dark Knight Rises episode, but they there was a big rumor a long time ago that, that Johnny Depp was going to supposedly do that, but it never worked out. Yeah. So, Which would have been perfect you know, back in that that time frame oh, when he was doing, you know, Jack Sparrow. Parts of the stuff. Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if, I mean, if multiverse wise, if if we've got a counterpart, the universe where they've got a better Batman Begins villain, but I think I think he was a good pawn for Ra's al Ghul, who really was the villain of that film. Um, I just don't know that I would have gone the route that they did with him. I think it would have been really cool to see him on the horse with the scythe. Um, like in the comics, there's some stuff where he has this giant scythe and I think that would have been really cool. Um, but I loved the the fear gas, the way that they showed like Batman's face kind of melting, doing that sludgy melt kind of thing. And he looked like a real monster. I loved that. Um, and I love some of the, the pieces that they did with this character. So we'll, we'll see kind of what next interpretations look like, especially with like Batman, the Brave and the Bold. Um, or, or the Brave and the Bold when that series or that movie comes out, and if they ever tackle Scarecrow again, um, I think you could do a, a Scarecrow really well. But I think he was sidelined as more of a background villain who had more like a like a foe villain, if that would like F A U X, um, like that. You're you're more the face, but not the brains of the operation. So, um. Any other thoughts to to this movie? Any other things that you wanted to to hit? Do you like how they said so you got to think Jordan back in 2005 before Marvel really hit right. the map and you know we had By Iron going Man into and... fifth grade brain. Oh, <laughs> um senior in high school over here. Uh the Before there was ever such a thing as a post-credit scene, like for to set up the next movie, 
I know how I feel about this, but and I absolutely loved it. However, the setup with with uh, Commissioner Gordon at the end of the movie when he's like, "Wait, time oh. out. Was that not a post credit scene? No, it was at the end of the movie because he see he's like he's like, oh, it's it's Lieutenant now. He's like, you really started something, and he he's like. He's yeah, like, no, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I forgot that was not a post-credit scene. For some reason, we've been at it for so long, I thought it was post-credit. Yep, and so then he pulls up the Joker card, and he can yeah. kind of set up that next movie. How did you feel about that? I was just blown away. I was like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> I remember sitting there with my, my dad, who he, he kind of knew that I, I really had a thing for Batman at that time. Um, being younger, I didn't know Marvel real well. And he's like, Jordan, do you know who that was? And I said, absolutely. That's the Joker. And he's like, yeah, are you excited? And I remember like the night the Dark Knight came out, I was in their bedroom watching Batman begin. So that way at midnight, he could take me to the midnight showing to go see the Dark Knight. <laughs> like we went to, to the very first showing and all that. And um, I, oh my gosh, I begged him to go see that. And and it was because we we just, me and my dad really bonded over that kind of stuff. And we had some great memories. And, um, and that moment, I just remember, man, this is, this was awesome. I wish now knowing like where post-credit scenes were, I think it would have fit really well had that been a post-credit scene, but because they didn't have that in that time frame, I, I think it fit really well where it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that in a world of, non-post-credit scenes, they did a great job of setting up the next movie. Yeah. Well, and my, my thing is, I think that by not having the Joker as their first villain, it helped do that build. Kind of like the music. Everything was building to something that was going to come next. And even even some of the stuff in The Dark Knight, it paid tribute into The Dark Knight Rises, and it started setting some pieces in motion there. Um, not as many as like the, the begins into The Dark Knight did, but I think that it just continued to build. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, how do you follow Heath Ledger's Joker? I mean, that will, <laughs> he, you know, it was really funny. Someone said, Thanos is this generation's Darth Vader. I laughed because I'm like, no, Darth Vader is this generation's Darth Vader. Darth Vader is, is not the same. But if you were going to claim like a generational Darth Vader, I would say people often look at uh, Heath Ledger's Joker before they they think of Thanos as like ultimate villains in comic book history. Thoughts? I was just gonna say, yeah, grimace. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I would agree. I think maybe if you know you're a little bit younger, you know, maybe if like some of your teenagers or whatever, Jordan, like at the church you worked at, or maybe the teenagers that are maybe a little bit older that are. Um, maybe in their early twenties now, like they have more, probably more of an appreciation for Thanos as we have more of an appreciation for Heath Ledger's the Joker, because it's kind of a generational thing, but I it think, this, but I think this movie still hold up to this day as I was watching Batman begins today. And I'm like, wow, this is still a good movie. Um, same thing for, you know, Star I Wars, think... like Darth Vader is never going to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think what Stupid really Adam Driver cements... and Kylo Ren. <laughs> Stupid sequels. Um, <laughs> um I think I think what really helps is just knowing that like that movie did not set itself aside as a time capsule. Does that make sense? Yes. So like 
when, when you look at movies like Iron Man 2 or Iron Man, like you're going to see certain pieces that are very unique to the time. So like when now Crocs are making their way back into society, which I really don't care one way or the other, but like there was a moment where in Iron Man 2, he says, drop your socks and grab your Crocs. This ride's about to get wet. And I'm like that for between like 2013 and 2018, I sat back. I was like, dude, Crocs are like all but gone. And like I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is a this is a time period piece. This isn't something that's just going to sit there for all eternity now um, where you go in and you see Batman, the Dark Knight and, the, and Batman begins and the Dark Knight rises. Like none of those really say like a specific thing that ever stands out to me that says, hey, it's a date. It's a specific war. It's like Iron Man had uh, going to Afghanistan and Iraq and like some of those those different areas because that's where we were at war in the time. And I'm like, we pulled all our men out. So like in the next five, 10 years where it's going to be complete history, these kids are not going to understand that. They're not going to really understand the 9-11 piece and, and they're not going to understand why certain things are the way they are. But like you go and watch Batman. Well, Batman's not really set in a specific time. It can sit really wherever and whenever. So I think that that really helped the 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 movie, and that's why it I think stands so well today. Totally agree. So, um, <clears throat> the last thing that that I want to ask is what would have made this movie better if you could have done made a simple change, added something, subtracted something, anything in there. What would have made this film better for you? That's a hard question. I think I would have... It really bothers me that Katie Holmes is Rachel, and then they change it to Maggie Joan Hall in, in The Dark Knight. Um, similar to what they did with Rhodey and, and Iron Man. Uh, but obviously, Don Cheadle Just is don't watch better. Iron Man anymore. No, it's a good movie. Don, Don <laughs> Cheadle is, you know, killing it as, as War Machine. Um, but I, I really don't know what happened there with that that whole thing and why she didn't do the other ones. But um, that or I probably would have changed the villain out if I could. Being Scarecrow? Mm-hmm. Or Ra's al Ghul? Uh, Scarecrow. Okay. I was satisfied with Ra's al Ghul. I just... Uh, Scarecrow was kind of lackluster for me. I think for me, if I was going to change anything about this film, I probably would have included some type of piece, even if it was background, to say that he was in an Earth where other superheroes existed. Just because I would have loved for them to set up a DC universe with this Batman. I think it would have been awesome. If they would have been like, did you hear about the man in Metropolis? They keep saying he's an alien, he's flying around. And him been like, listen, do you really believe everything in the newspapers? Well, if it's produced by the Daily Planet, I do. And him just be like, well, you're stupid then. Or just like, like if he would have completely dismissed, I think that it would have been so cool if that Batman would have been in the same universe as, as Henry Cavill's Man of Steel. That would have been, that would have been awesome. Um, I think even if they would have 
just like he'd gone to the circus and saw Dick Grayson. Um, even just to, not to put him as a ward in his 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 arsenal, um, but just to see that happen in this film or, or in a future film that would have been really cool. Um, but other than that, I I think it's just literally just including more characters um, for for storytelling that could have built later on. I think that's the only thing I would have liked to add. I don't think I would have subtracted. I do agree with you about changing the villain. I think putting Riddler in personally because I I love the Riddler. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of my favorites. So. But I think that's going to go ahead and wrap it up on our time for this episode. Micah, thank you so much for joining me. I know you've been really chomping at the bits to do this episode. So thank you for uh, for joining. And um, I know there's a lot more that we could dissect about these films. And we probably will come back to some of these later on. Um, but thank you for, for joining me on this. And for all of you out there, uh, we are so excited that you are still following us and being a part of our, our Nerd Talk world. Um, we love getting to do this for you guys every week. And we will catch you next time here on Nerd Talk.